I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Huge relief sweeps around Wayside after Arsenal beat Wigan, though I'm not going to say that Sunderland relied on them because everybody's got to play everybody and if you get more points than another team, you finish above them. That's how football works, that's how league tables work. I'm Stephen Goldsmith, this is the Wise Men Say podcast, Salou Sunderland podcast, also in affiliation with the Rotary Report. Does that sound right, Gareth? Sounds all right, yeah, that'll yeah. do. That authoritative voice you just heard there was Gareth Barker, of course. Um, and I'm delighted to say that Martin Smith, the former Sunderland right-winger, left-winger, centre-forward is here. You all right, Martin? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks that's, for having us. <laughs> that's great. No problem at all. We aren't going to rejoice too much in our escape. I'm not going to call it a great escape. Our sort of mediocre escape. Um, mm. um, because we are going to have one last podcast episode Next week, where we will dissect the season for anybody who cares. Um, I'm, I'm sure that the Southampton yeah, game... I won't take long. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure the Southampton game is far from everybody's mind at the moment as well, but it was too crap not to discuss. We've got to talk about it a little bit. Mm. So we're going to loosely talk about that, and we'll talk about the upcoming Spurs game with Alan Fisher, who has his own blog called Tottenham On My Mind. Gareth, first of all, just a little summation. It was huge to stay up this year, wasn't it, because of the yep. new... Financial, the, yeah, the money from the financial perspective. Yeah, I talked about that before, didn't we? The cash is very important. Would have been, it would have been a disaster um, if we'd gone this time. It would have been, I think, a true Sunderland style, really, to <laughs> mess it up. Um, but it's a, it's well, it's officially the longest run in the top flight now since the fifties, isn't it? Seven years yeah. it will be. So mm-hmm. that's positive. And it's and easy to forget that, isn't it? I suppose it but, is. Um, it is. But you know. We'll talk about more about yeah. that sort of thing later, I guess. So. Well, we're going to let Paolo De Canio have the first year about his initial thoughts about staying up. So, as always, thanks on FM for this audio. We are very happy because uh, with the eight points that we we made in the last six games, so we we were you know capable to maintain this club uh, in the Premier. I'm very happy for the people that uh, gave me the chance to. To deliver this job, so for Ellis, for the board, for the environment, for the fans, for for the players, because they they were the protagonists. The they they, they pushed very hard because it was difficult for them to change a bit the mentality. By the end, we we delivered the right job, and we are up. We stay up. I suppose Martin, I'll bring you into it. Um, the situation with Tacanio when he came in, he had seven games to. Save the play, save the side from relegation, and it, it's, there's a strong resemblance to when Peter Reid came in when you when you were here, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. You say the seven games; it was the same as what uh, Reid had when he came in. You know, the 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 
task was just to keep us up. Doesn't matter how you do it, just keep us up. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how we played, it was just get the points that made you finish fourth was, bottom or fifth bottom. Was that his initial message when he came in? What did he just keep it simple? Or what did he do? Um, what did he do differently straight away? He just the place was on a downer at the time because Mick Buxton um, had probably come at the end of his shelf life and. Um, as a player, when you're in there, you, you probably don't realise at the time. It, it, you take a step back afterwards and think, yeah, we, we would have gone. I think it was probably the same mm -hmm. with Martin O'Neill now. Yeah. We probably would have gone, but at the time, really just come in and he was somebody we all knew. The players, you, you knew we'd played for England, uh, played in the World Cup, so he instantly got that respect. And everybody who knows Rady now at the time, you didn't know him really, but you knew what sort of, you know, what sort of character mm -hmm. he is now. And that's what he brought in straight away, just give everybody a lift. Um, and as I said, I don't think at the time it wasn't so much about tactics, it was just putting that belief into yeah. the players. You know? So had Mick Buxton lost the dressing room at that point? Not lost it as such, um, just his ideas had sort of become stale yeah. and Mick was a great one for meet, team meetings and talking about the other team and you can only sit and discuss other teams, what colour eyes the rough full-backs got <laughs> so many times with you, I think, come on Mick, you know, yeah. what about us, you know, and... Yeah. Really come in, and it wasn't about anybody else. It was just, just about do what us. You've he, got to do first. Yeah, whether he yeah. believed it or not, he sort of come in that first train session. Boy, he's a he's a good you, you know. Yeah. In the words he'd use, I probably can't say any. I don't <laughs> know, but that was the thing, and he just made every sort everybody believe. And I think at the times, it, a lot of it, it's the whole football club, it's the fans as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the fans stay with a new manager longer if things are not going well on the pitch, and I think that all, all that sort of thing takes an effect. Mm -hmm. So was it almost like a, a mini season in a way? The players thought, right, this is you know seven games we've got here, almost like you're starting from scratch a new season, a little mini season where you think we've just got to go out and give it 100% for the final seven games. Yeah, well that's something really just he expected from you anyway. He expected you put it in, but it is you, you, you realise, bloody hell, we've got our manager's gone. Peter Reid's come in. We must be in. We must be in yeah. danger. We're gonna have to mm -hmm. book our ideas up, sort of thing. But it is. It's seven games and. We were lucky that we played a couple of teams around us, I think, at the time. So yeah. you knew if you were beating them, it was the old six-pointer, uh, you know, which Swindon was the, yeah, the, was the point in case. Yeah. You scored the winning goal in that game. Do you, yeah. do, you ever, do you ever just sit back and reflect how important that goal actually was? Because, I um, mean, had, had you not scored that, we could have went down and things could be just so different now. Yeah, I mean, I'm good friends with Graham Anderson from Sunderland Echo and he, he knows a lot of things that were going on behind the yeah. scenes then. And he said if we'd have not stayed up that season, this... The whole thing wouldn't mm -hmm. have been probably what it is now, mm -hmm. you know. But at the time, you're just involved, you're just playing football, you don't take them sort of things on board. But as mm -hmm. you get a bit older, you, too, you take a bit more satisfaction in what you've done there. Yeah, Gust of wind against Sheffield United. That's it, Craig Russell shot went up in the air, and everyone yeah. thought that was, you know, brought the wind blew it back into the net. So, there's a famous, there's a famous theory that the floor in sucked the goal in, and that was a late one as well. Uh, but I it, actually missed Martin's goal against Swindon because <laughs> I went to the shop for a bottle of Villa Pop. You know, they used to take, <laughs> used to take the tops off for you. I was yeah. like 15 at the time, I was good. But, um, relating it back to, to Caddy or Gareth, it's, it's similar in a way that he's just got a reaction. The term the media like to use is a shot in the arm. But mm. you know that's kept us up, hasn't it? Um, well, the, I think there's a there's a number of reasons why why we stayed up. I, I don't think it's purely down to like when we're talking about Reed came in and lifted everybody. I think that there's definite technical changes at Sunderland that's happened since. I think we've probably suffered a bit actually in the last few weeks from the maybe the intensity of the yeah, training changed it's, and it's the high tempo. all now. Mm -hmm. You can see that all of a sudden it's like they've hit a wall mm -hmm. and they're struggling to... 
It's just that initial, replicate, that's what I'm saying like, about that early sort of yeah. impact that he made yeah. where people sort of... Yeah, from a... Yeah. They could, okay. they could follow the instructions because they're kind of on a high and, and like, yeah. like you say, now they've plateaued a little bit. More of a slap which, in the face. Yeah. If it's to Canio, than a shot in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm a vouch for that because when I interview him, he's very touchy-feely, so <laughs> I would imagine he goes around the dressing yeah, room yeah. and does all that. There's a few of them I'd quite like to give a slap, you not just Conor Wiggins. So. <laughs> but um, what was your initial... Um, thoughts, Martin, when Canio was given the job. Um, Were you surprised when he got sacked first of all, like everybody? I don't most people um, seem to be. I wasn't, no. I wasn't, no, because I could say the writing was on the wall yeah. for the way early on the season without sort of trying to sound smart. I was just worried the way we were playing and the lack of intensity. Uh, but the Norwich game when we were down to te- when they were down to ten yeah. men and they were running all that over the top of yeah. us, that was you thinking something's got to happen here. Yeah. And luckily the chairman saw that. Uh, De Canio, I was going back to Reedy. I was one of them who, rightly or wrongly, thought because I knew what Reedy done come in for them seven games and it wasn't so much about tactics; it was about belief and getting people at it. I mm. would have looked at Reedy, you mm. know. But and De Canio, I was thinking, oh, he's an absolute time bomb, this fella. <laughs> but. I seen his. In- I was in Spain at the time, and I seen his interview on Sky Sports News, and instantly I thought, yes, I'm happy. The surprise is sometimes that these people. You see them on the pitch, and then you hear how, how articulate and well spoken yeah. they are, and it, and it, it was, takes by surprise. It was just his passion for the club, and you could see it wasn't just a, a short term fix. It, yeah. It's like he wants to be here for a long time and yeah. build an actual club, mm-hmm. not a team. Definitely. So well, we're, well, we're talking about the 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 legacy of of a, of a football club, or you know, creating that. You know, it doesn't. If the manager does change, as long as there's something implemented that the style of play they want to implement, there's a, a system of you know, a director of football. It looks like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you've got that, and that's something that. See, it's funny that we're saying about 1955 or whenever it was the last time we had a run like this in the top flight. It's almost like we're stuck in the 50s and 60s with our mentality as a football club. Yeah. It's, every time we change a manager, they always go for the. Mm-hmm. As somebody a bit like the one we've yeah. had before, it's always this kind Roy of. Roy Keane may be an exception. But yeah, Roy Keane definite yeah. exception. But mm-hmm. now they seem to be really wanting to turn that around, and it's something they're going to have to do because there's a you know there's there's no there's no. Um, it's not a coincidence that we always end up in a situation like this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's obviously the players change, but the clubs the same, and they do it the same way. And they've you know it's time they changed it. Yeah. Martin touched on the up on the Norwich game there, Gareth. Um, one thing we sat in here about and discussed after the Norwich game mm. was how laboured the, the player was mm. that day. And Martin just said you're playing against ten men, and the, there was no speed. They didn't move the mm. ball fast enough. It's yeah. as simple as that. But the Canios came and they're moving the ball fast. Yeah. The, the play is more. Anyway. The play is more purposeful. But did that go backwards a little bit on Sunday? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, to, say. To me, to me, um, I don't know the Colin from Salou Sunland, our editor at Salou Sunland, made a good point in his ESPN thing that. Somebody took the eight-year-old daughter to the match, and when Southampton started to have a lot of the ball, she turned around and asked her dad if Southampton had more players in Sunderland, mm. which says yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, Southampton were very good. Um, a point to, of to be in the fair. table. Yeah, but uh, absolutely. But mm. this is what I'm talking about. Um, about you know doing what we do will only get you so far. Um, buying the kind, it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot to scout players like Adam Johnson and Stephen Fletcher. I mean, anybody could say yeah. he's a yeah. good player. I'm going to oh, buy him. Yeah. And this this is what I'm talking about. It's almost like that that money ball thing. If you want to play in a certain way, are they going to? Is he going to go? Well, I'm not going to buy a glamorous player, but I'm going to buy a player who's comfortable on the ball. I'm going to buy a player who can pass it. I'm going to buy a player who's quick. 
And then and I think Bruce sort of tried to do that a bit when he brought in well, like, he like, and, like, like and goals. He got all his bargains. But mm, never but it's like, I, I, I <laughs> mean more from the perspective yeah. of that is is lacking goals from midfield. I'll sign Craig Gardner. We're rubbish at free kicks. I'm going to sign Seb Larson. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about if rubbish at free kicks. Yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna he wants I think he wants to create that. He's, he sort of didn't he cite a few weeks ago that he quite liked to play like a more passing game. Mm. And will he buy players? Dynamic, I think he said. But will he buy yeah. players that can handle the ball? And I don't think we've got players who can handle the ball. They don't look comfortable on it. I think in Dai's only midfielder, looks confident when he gets it. Mm-hmm. I don't think the rest of them do. And I, I wonder if he's going to bring in those sorts of players. But I, I think he looked to, and I think he looked, as you say, bring more dynamic players in. But go touching on the Southampton game, I think it's it was a culmination. He hasn't got the personnel to change. Yeah. Mm. So you constantly have the same players going. Mm. That'll be the fifth game, more or less, in a row yeah. where they're, they're trying to play that high-tempo game. Mm. Not massive on confidence, you know. It, it, it was probably playing at home, mm-hmm. knowing you've got to win as well, the whole expectation. But it wasn't a great performance. And in a way, now we have stayed up, mm-hmm. you're quite pleased in a way we've had them dips so, you so can De Canio can actually yeah. see because Martin O'Neill won seven of his first nine exactly where De Canio's came to the surface a lot faster mm. isn't it yeah so yeah but we always we always said about it's a it's ability it's an ability issue mm-hmm. effort effort to given mm-hmm. given 100% and trying hard and all that that should be that should be you know that's what you do I understand that some players don't and De Canio talked about a day about some person's 100% might be only his 10% mm-hmm. and they've got to get to the 100% level that he wants um, but it's an ability it's an ability problem because the players aren't aren't good enough mm-hmm. and they've they've proven that over I think over two years we are an average team of we've got a team of more or less average Premier mm-hmm. League players some are above average some are below and I think that's why we're so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Some some weeks mm-hmm. average players play above average, some weeks they play below average. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately about, this season it's been more below average. People talk about taking like there's been talk about Sessignon's lack of form at times this season, and talk about taking him out of the team. Well he's been out of the team now and yeah. we'll miss him. Mm-hmm. Because no link there, it just he's just no. he's, he just shows how instrumental a, a player of that quality but Gareth, is. you called the team selection like you did against Aston Villa <laughs> so uh, we got thumb six on there you said well you you said you thought he might try, try McLean on the right again because well, you know, he, must, he must have originally thing, done that in the previous game for a reason yeah. um, it didn't last very long this time 10 minutes mm. Martin as somebody who played on the right wing and on the left wing for Sunderland why is it not working for James McLean playing there I've no idea um, too predictable He's predicted. He hasn't improved from last season, mm-hmm. um, and you do have second season syndrome, as they call it. But it's been all season. There hasn't been really many flashes from him. He mm-hmm. just, he, as you see, people do homework. You know, last year he, he, people didn't know much about him. Mm-hmm. They've come in, and this year they've done the homework, and it'll be he's going to step off his right foot and Could try and go down the why left. Why can try him on the right? Because he's thinking. Possibly he's just, thinking well, well left back rather than being studying his game. Yeah, and, I mean because the full back situation, maybe he wanted some pace down there, mm-hmm. down that side. You know, he could have played Seb Lawson with a great respect. He's got no pace uh, on the left. He had Danny with a pace. Whether he was just looking at that, I don't know. But as you can see, it hasn't worked now. Whether it would work if James had a bit more confidence about his game, I don't know. But even on the left this season, it's you, you look at him and 
we all sort of know what he's going to do and you think well are you training are you practicing coming yeah. in on your right foot are you practicing coming in and playing off a front man mm-hmm. he looks, at the minute it doesn't look like he's Gareth you he, look, he looks troubled not, I, I was going to say you can give your opinion if you're not too intimidated by a former England under 21 at no, winger, no, given his opinion on a winger you know, <laughs> no. feel free to yeah. make your input as well yeah no I just think uh, he looks troubled like he looks at like when he plays he he looks like the like it's everything's on his shoulders. He, is this going back to the puppy it, thing? Do you think? Well, I, I think a lot of it uh, he's, yeah. he's brought on himself. He whether or not he thinks he can handle it, it's it's tough. How thick skin you're off? You've got people booing you, your own crowd, and people in the national media having to go at you. It's got to take an effect on you mentally. Mm-hmm. On you top know? of that as well, he gets in. You know, he's come over as a young lad from Ireland and he's earning a, a contract as an under twenty one player. And then he does a good three months and basically gets, I, I bet you he got a pretty big pay, pay rise. Yeah. And I bet you, what does that do to your ego? That's a lot well, of handle. the island thing as well, when all the island and the fans island were going stuff, crazy for him. Um, right? the, you know, the, when he came on, he was like the welcome and Messi onto the yeah. pitch when he came on as a sub that time. It's got to go, you know, he, he doesn't seem the... I mean, I don't know him, but he doesn't seem like the brightest chap the way he goes on sometimes. <laughs> well, I don't and, know mine, but you're just reading between yeah, the lines, exactly, aren't you? Yeah. Twitter things. No offence if you're listening, James. Don't, don't abuse <laughs> me. I'm sure he won't be listening. abuse me on the internet like <laughs> you have anymore. done many other people. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just think he's kind of, if you look at him, you think, oh, I don't know if he's gone. Like, mm-hmm. is he worth... He is needs he worth to work persi- on his game. He is he worth persisting with it? Sometimes, you know, I think when he's got it on the line, he, when he comes back inside, he's quite a powerful runner. I wouldn't say he's blistering. But why isn't he just knock it by the fullback and run down the line and try and get past him? Well, no, St- St- Steve Guppy stopped him from doing that because he was doing that last season. Mm. And then Steve Guppy was working with him. Steve Guppy was never somebody who used to beat a man, was he? No. He would put an early cross in. Yeah. It's, so, the thing was, James, he was a breath of fresh air and we all mm. sort of said it. It's, mm. He hadn't had any academy coaching. He'd come over, he was raw. And it does at times you think, as he had something trained out of him, but he needs to add more to his game. You kind of just kick a pass full backs in the, in the Premier League it's, yeah. it's not as easy as that you yeah, know they, they're pretty enough. quick themselves okay. and strong <laughs> but that's why you've got that's to mix your game up does. Yeah, <laughs> his championship <laughs> he never did in the Premiership um, he did it against Gareth Barry again when he won that penalty when we beat him yeah. 1-0 so right. milk turns quickly so, yeah, <laughs> but um, Gareth I'd, I'd like to give Jack Colback a special mention he, he wasn't but he wasn't fantastic hmm. on Sunday but you know he wanted the ball. He showed for the ball, but then at the same respect, somebody like Larson always wants a ball and mm. shows for it. But sometimes they look a little bit off the pace. You know, like the intensity is too much. Mm. But Callback did a great job when he's playing right back. A very good job. He was playing on the left wing, left midfield mm. on Sunday, and it, like I say, he wasn't great, but he he put the effort in where some of us seemed like they weren't. And you just Simon Walsh was on last week, and he said he's gonna he's sort of come to realise the fact that. He will be a seven out of ten player, no matter where he plays. Nothing more. Hmm. Do you think that's fair? Um, I didn't think he was a seven out of ten the weekend. I thought he was. A, it wasn't as good as that. But really? he did. I thought he played all right. He did okay. I he did all right. He yeah. did okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing, though. It's like, it's always okay, isn't it? And seven out of but ten. he never played it. <laughs> he, he played and he never played in his proper position. No, mm. that's, know, that's, that's a fair point. But in his proper position. Has he which shown enough? Has he shown work? enough to just his play, <laughs> just has he shown enough to justify his place as a central midfielder in a Premier League team? Mm-hmm. Pro, I don't think he has. Is um, De Canio played in central midfield? I don't know if I don't know if De, no, I don't know if De Canio has. He? No. They, well, they didn't everyone seem to swap around a lot in that first half of the weekend? There was a lot of chopping and changing. But nobody played in the right position. Nobody played in the right <laughs> position. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, he's a young. He's a young lad, and I'm not going to you know write him off at all. But I just think. Again, he's somebody who needs to work on his game. 
in in the sense that he needs to be more. Po- he's got quality. To he's he's a good threader. Of, you know, like threaded passes and stuff like that. If you just had a bit more self belief when he gets a ball in the middle, he could be a handy player. But how long do you persist with somebody before you say, "Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to." You're losing too many points persisting with players who aren't proving themselves, and that's that's something I think he's got to look at. He's got to look at bringing in people who are going to give you the quality regularly. The thing is, I think somebody like Jack Colbach's you've got to have the likes of them in your squad. Oh, you've got to have them in the squad, not, definitely. You know, and I like him. I think he does a good job. Um, he's somebody who always looks for the ball. He's not a hider. He just other... burst out his shell a little bit. Yeah, he That's does. I mean, at yeah. times, you think, yeah, there's, there's enough, a bit or... more. There's a bit more yeah. in there. Um, like the goal he's got he's... a burrow in the cup. Yeah, and you think yeah. If but I think it's. Possibly symptomatic of the whole team this year, mm. and he was mm. playing around with players who possibly weren't fit because they weren't training right, you know. And he's mm-hmm. maybe he's been dragged into that, but I, I think he's still got a bright future, Jack. Mm. Um, he's, at least he's got the edge on his side. Yeah, yeah. he's got to, He's got to be given the opportunity to develop properly. Yeah, and I think with this manager, I think he will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team would be more dyma- dynamic. It's easy for me to say, but, <laughs> and I think Dicanio will get more out of him. And as you say, we we're not going to bring. 12 players in in the summer and overhaul the, lot, the whole thing mm. so the likes of Jack Colback will be still important for us next season Well we now have Alan Fisher joining us um, he's from the Spurs end and he's going to give us the Tottenham perspective of things he has his own blog which I've checked out and it's very thoughtful and articulate and it's called Tottenham on my mind now Alan as we just said there your blog is Tottenham on my mind I suppose you're hoping that Tottenham isn't on the mind of the Sunderland players now um, relegation has been assured. Is, is that something you're hoping for? Yeah, very kind introduction. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, I'm delighted, frankly. Um, uh, hoping that... Um, I've seen uh, that uh, your manager is going to dock your players a couple of weeks' holiday mm-hmm. um, if they don't perform. But um, I'm delighted, frankly, that Sunderland haven't got a, a lot to play for. Um I think if Spurs have had a weakness this season, it's been in games, some of the games, to be fair, where we should have picked up more points. Um, Lately, we're not at the top of our form, but are getting the points. And I think that um, whatever the situation was for both teams on Sunday, um, I like to think Spurs would have done it. But it is is very handy. Of course, the problem for us is that um, Wigan losing means that Arsenal have just uh, uh, sprinted ahead mm. and um, we're, we're waiting on, on the Newcastle results, mm. which you might be too, I assume. <laughs> For very different reasons. But that's talking about Di Canio there and what he said about the Sunderland players needing to perform at Spurs, cutting his holidays and the like. What you've done, Alan, is you've seamlessly um, linked us to the next bit of audio from Paulo Di Canio. So again, I'd like to thank Son FM for this and... Pretty much along the lines of what Alan's just said, this is what he had to say about Sunday's game. I told them that if uh, I will judge, not the last game, but the, the last few training sessions, that they will give me a clear picture about my players because uh, now they know what I want from them. I told them that if uh, we win, we draw, we can lose. But if we lose with dignity, respecting you know the, the club name, the fans that will follow again, I will reduce their holiday. I will give them only the minimum that I can give to them, which, which are four weeks. 
28 days instead of probably 38 or 40 or 41, depends, because in some way we have to start a change of mentality. And just because I fell in a trap against Aston Villa, I don't want to fall in a trap again, they have to realize that we need uh, rules or, or they change mentality or, or maybe we have to use the punishment in some way. Could this spot and, um, bring up sort of mixed reactions from the players? Because as a former player yourself, do you think, will the players take this on board or will there be some players who think, I'm probably out of here next season anyway. There's one game left, I don't care. Um, I think the players who were who possibly leaving it's a shot window for them anyway. Um, right. So yeah. they've got to put a shift in, I suppose. But it, you can see all the right things, but subconsciously you're all sort of safe, you know, and you've put everything in. As mm -hmm. we've seen the last couple of weeks, they've put everything in and we've sort of yeah. the bottomed out. So I don't mm -hmm. see could words be, for the could manager. Be, could have relaxed about the fact that they're aren't going to go down could that help not necessarily whether they're going to be over relaxed but it could possibly it could possibly but you I, think just, I just have this fear I'd, I'd, I'd fear if we had if we had something to play if I was Tottenham I'd be more worried now really based on the fact that when Sunderland usually need to do something in a game in a game themselves they don't <laughs> that, that's a fact though isn't it yeah, it's very it is, rare yeah. we turn up and do what we need yeah. to do now the pressure is going to be off and if the players have got anything about them they can relax now there's going to be no tension. Mm -hmm. They just, they could surely they're just going to go out and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So if I was a Spurs fan, sorry to worry on, but <laughs> I'd be a bit more worried now because we might actually do something in the game. Did Alan listening to De Canio there as a, as an outsider? Um, what did you make of the De Canio appointment and what? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Your overall thoughts and feelings about what's happening at Sunderland at the moment? I think it, I think it's a bit careless of Sunderland, frankly, in the interview to, to miss the fascist thing from the equal opportunities bit um, of the interview. Um, I've got to say nothing against Sunderland and the fans who I've got a lot of respect for, what I would call a proper club, the history that goes back beyond 1993 despite what Sky are trying to say, and their fans realise that. Um, I'm not very happy about somebody with the Canio's background being appointed. I don't quite understand how a man with such strong and clearly articulated political beliefs can be paid a fortune to manage a top football club. Um, I find it difficult to understand why the board do not seem to think that that's important. 
And I think really, I talked about this on the book, that I think it's, it, it, it's part of a, a wider and what I consider to be a more disturbing trend about where football clubs insulate themselves and what's going on around them in society. You know, football is, an, is escapism for all of us. We all suspend uh, what goes on in the outside world for 90 minutes when, when we fit our feet in the ground. But I think that this is going um, a stage too far. Right. I've honestly got no axe to grind <clears throat> against the club. Um, but at a time when society, like the game, is grappling with racism on and off the pitch, um, where Di Canio on Sunday is coming to a club with strong Jewish connections, I have to say I'm Jewish myself, where there is a context where, for example, West Ham fans greeted us in Tottenham High Road this season by giving the fascist salute, where fans regularly sit next to us and make gas in I'm not saying for a moment that the Sunderland fans are going to do that, mm-hmm. but that's the context that um, the that the Canio's behaviour needs to to be said. Okay. Well, and I think also, sorry, I just wanted to say, yeah, I, I, I think it's you know if 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 we behave like that, you know if if I'm, I'm at work now, right? You know if I said a word that I was a fascist, but even if I was a nice fascist and looked after the staff, and I'd be kicked out of my ear. And I wouldn't get another job in my um, profession. And I think it's part of a wider trend in society where it seems to me that for some people there are a few consequences. You know, we look at um, what's happened with the Leveson Inquiry, for example, where Rebecca Brooks, you know, what, whatever she's, she's allegedly done, she left the news of the world with a payoff of around £7 million. Piers Morgan is a huge uh, star on both sides of the Atlantic. Yeah, he was sacked in the mirror. Um, and I think that um, this appointment is just a part of a wider trend in society where for some people there are consequences, for others they are not. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alan, I, I, I take that on board. Um, and it's certainly not something we took with a pinch of salt or anything like that here, but I'm sure you can understand we've had weeks and weeks to have this debate now. Me and, me and Gareth had a, sure. a podcast where we, we sat and debated about the whole thing. Um, so I think the best thing to do in this situation now is just keep it on the football then. Um, well, I, I should I should just add that when when um, this when his, when his announcement of, the, of becoming manager first came out on the message boards and on Twitter, Spurs fans, there was a lot of anger um, and people were saying, "Right, this is the game that we really want to win." Now, I think instead of anger, there's apathy. So I certainly, you know, if there are any Sunderland fans who are coming to the game on Sunday, I wouldn't worry at all about it. On the, on the contrary, you, you'll be welcomed, um, as Sunderland fans always are. Um, I, I don't. I, I really think people are not bothered about it anymore, mm. and that I might be in a minority. Right, okay. <laughs> well, um, if we get onto the game then, Alan, um, I could ask you where where you think the game. Could be won and lost for Tottenham, and I, you know the, the obvious answer that just shouts out everybody is <laughs> Gareth Bale. But there's surely more to Tottenham than that, right? Yeah, I think I think there is a bit. I mean, you know, providing you don't tell Di Canio what um, what the problems are, <clears throat> all Sunderland have got to do, judging by previous uh, recent Spurs games, is get a free kick and boot the ball into the middle. Now, I think you actually scored, didn't you, at, um, at Sunderland in the uh, game um, uh, just before New Year, doing it that way. 
we've conceded a set piece. I don't know. I'm not very good at numbers. Football's not really about numbers. It's about uh, the beauty of the game. So I don't really count. But we must have conceded a goal from a set piece in seven of the last eight games. And what's happened is that somebody has crossed the ball and their player has outjumped our player. Nothing sophisticated about it. On um, Sunday, we changed our system against Stoke. Stoke had a free kick in the third minute. And we went zonal. And it was great because the players all did exactly as they were told. They all stayed in their zones. And those bloody cheeky Stoke lads had the nerve to actually move and, and, <laughs> and, and move with one of our players. Uh, we just stood and watched it. It was the most inept comedy defending mm-hmm. that I've ever from a free kick. I wouldn't say a set piece is one of those strong points, mm. Gareth, would you? Unfortunately, <laughs> as 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 said there, you know, it's a very simplistic thing, mm. but it's even that seems to be beyond us at the moment. That's it. I think the the persistence with this ball at the back post that Johnson seems to overhit quite regularly, but the corners sometimes can be quite. It's a get get it right with the the quality that the well, Larson can take a corner and so can Johnson. When they get it right, it you know it's a dangerous ball to defend. So we scored against Stoke, didn't we? Yeah, from the corner. Oh, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're informed. <laughs> yeah, we scored one goal from the corner. How much attention one time. do clubs pay to this sort of stuff, Martin? Obviously, it varies at different clubs. Stoke, yeah, for Stoke, for example, you think are going to put a lot of work in there, but generally, you know, the clubs you write, is it, is it something that um, you know gets a lot of attention? It's just down to individual managers. So managers just say, right, you're taking them, you attack the ball. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Others spend. Hours, yeah. where you're going to run, mm-hmm. but you're generally not up against anybody. Mm-hmm. So when you come up a Saturday and you're up against up against people, it is different. But it's set players. It's all about the delivery in the box mm-hmm. and having people who are brave enough to go and edit. You know, mm-hmm. it's you it's, can it's, you can do all the crazy yeah. little things, Alan but if you've got a good ball going in the box, it's it's yeah. hard to defend. If you're defending, just attack, just head the ball. Yeah, <laughs> get, get on the end of the ball and go exactly. away. Mm-hmm. Alan, is there is there anything in the Sunderland side that worries you? I mean. Stefan Sessegnon suspended at the moment, which would be the answer that most people tend to give. Craig Gardner, who hasn't been fantastic this season, but he's also got quite a few goals, is out. So is there anywhere you're looking um, and showing a little bit of concern, or are you not really worried? Um, nothing personal, but if I say no, nothing, <laughs> nothing in particular. No, no offence um, taken, no. <laughs> we're used to it. I think, as I say, I think, I think, set, I think set pieces... Um, and we sometimes look a bit vulnerable if we're drawn forward. What often happens at home games is the opposition teams fall back, they try and defend against Bale and others by cutting down his space rather than man-marking him. And as the game goes on, we push further further and further forward, push men further forward. So, um, you know, if Johnson uh, gets going, and who's the young guy, James, somebody rather... McLean. James McLean. Yeah. I doubt he'll get going. Yeah, yeah, worry, worry about James that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I say okay. Well, that, that um, and and with our with our fullbacks pushing forward, sometimes um, that can be um, be a problem. But uh, I'm sure this is the game where Graham's going to get a hat trick and get up the mark. So. Well, after we watch his last game, I'll say you wouldn't have to worry <laughs> yeah, about that. I think he's run out. Gareth, is, is there anything you know? It's it's very daunting on paper, this, isn't it? But Chelsea was as well, and you know that's a game we probably didn't des- we didn't deserve to lose. Well, we certainly didn't deserve to lose. I just think that it's not as daunting because the pressure's off. I, I just Simple I'm not it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it because 
it doesn't really matter what result we get in the game. They're obviously going to want to win it, but like the Canio says, he wants them to perform. So that that's that's the that's the important thing that they they do the they, they, they do themselves justice. Uh, so they have they haven't done that enough this season, but they've got to they've got to do that. And I think with the pressure off, you know, a bit of you know, just relax. They might relax them a bit and. You know, when when they get an opportunity, they, they might take it. Where's uh, Gareth Bale likely to play Alan just off a striker or on the left in the centre? At the, at the moment, he seems to start in the middle um, and he's given a bit of freedom. He He's not played very much on the left, although if things aren't working out, if it gets very congested in the middle, then come the, the second half, after about an hour or so... Um, Villas uh, Boas may shift him left, so that we would have Bale and, and Lennon to stretch um, the space. Um, and, and Bale, it's been remarkable to see how well he's playing at the moment and how he's matured from a very young boy. He really looked a kid for the first couple of years, despite being a big bloke. And it, it, it is just wonderful. It is wonderful where. You're watching a player where there is that gasp of anticipation when he gets hold of the ball, or when we go to away grounds where it goes absolutely dead silent mm-hmm. where, where he, uh, when he gets the ball. And, and there are very few players around who can do that. Long may stay at Spurs. I was going to say, are you, are you worried? Are you worried that he might leave you? Yeah, I think so. He is, he is genuinely good. There is no question in you my sense mind. he's going to be a marquee signer for somebody soon. No offence, don't you? One of the big boys, one of the really big boys. Yeah, and and I think that he he could make. I genuinely believe. I'm not given to exaggeration, and I do think sometimes that when you see players week in week out, like I do as a season ticket holder, and I'm sure you do at Sunderland, you you see their weaknesses as well as their strong yeah. points, and he has got his weaknesses. But he is a top, top class footballer. I'm in my late 50s. I've seen Greaves, I've seen Gilzine, I've seen Chivers, Hoddle. He is right up there. And he would be an asset to any team in the world. And I think for once, his all the inflated transfer fees that you read in the papers, his may not be exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there is a feeling around that he might stay for another year. He, he does seem quite an unassuming lad. He does, he's genuinely uh, close to the club. He feels the club has looked after him and he genuinely respects the history of the club. Um, He would probably be able to double his six-figure salary if he went to United City or Real Madrid. But I do know that he's suddenly appearing in a lot more adverts. So I wonder if he stays for another year, maybe gets a bit more on his contract. He's going to get a lot more money in from from the adverts, so he won't notice the disparity in salary. There's no feeling we're going to get one more year. Is there no part of you that could see the positives of of cashing in on him? Maybe I mean, Villa Sports has done a very good job this season, and he appears to have had less to work with than Redknapp did last year on the playing staff. I I know he's had a Dempsey and Dembele, but generally. You know, when Van der Vaal was there, and like you, you sense that at uh, Modric, you sense Spurs had a stronger squad, if anything, or, or is he that important that you, you wouldn't see it? Because they're not spending huge amounts, and they would get a ridiculous amount for him, wouldn't they? Yeah, I'm, I'm 
I appreciate you saying that because even now there is still this myth around that um, Vias Boas is just piggybacking on what Radnab left him. I mean, Sunis said this last week on television, and it's not quite right. That's still a good boys' club, then. But, but yeah, as, you know, as you as you rightly say, um, we lost the creative heart of the team in Modric and Van der Vaart. We lost the man who, in my opinion, is the best British centre half of his generation, Leslie King. Kabul, our current best centre-half, has been injured for the whole season. Sandro, by far our best midfield, defensive midfield player, has been injured for half of the season. And I think Piers Boas has, has done remarkably well, considering that Chairman Levy left him with basically only two top-class um, strikers um, to, to play out the entire season. In answer to your question, no, I don't want to sell him. I'm, I don't believe in cashing in. Um, I think when you've got something that's that good, you keep it and you build a team around it. And that's the message that needs to get through to our uh, prudent but parsimonious uh, chairman. Mm-hmm. Martin, as a left footer yourself, who used to like to run with the ball, Bale's up there with the best, isn't he? If if he's going to play in the centre like Alan's saying there... The, the, how can you stop them? Flood the midfield? Um, you just try and stop them getting the ball to him, I suppose. Um, of course, once he's got it, even if somebody's tight, he's got the pace just to get away from them over the couple of yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, as, as Alan said, teams have probably dropped deep and trying to flood flood areas mm-hmm. to stop them getting the ball, or if he gets the ball in areas where he can't be as effective. But mm-hmm. we've all seen all season he can go past two and three players like they're not there. So Would Peter Reid have had a different tactic to use on them? <laughs> he probably's die. Probably's might try to snap a but That's the thing these days. You can't yeah. snap them as such. You know, you like, can't even go near them. Or no, you don't even snap them. No, John we Kier wouldn't go to snap day, them. He'll just it? fall over yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, as a winger back in the day, well, it sounds like I'm that old, but I'm not. But you used to expect an absolute kick in the first 10, 15 minutes off your fullback, and he'd get away with it. So they do have a bit more protection these days but I think Gareth Bale's the sort of player who could have played in any generation he's absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic he's he's great at watching I think as Alan says I, personally I think there's only three clubs he'd leave Tottenham for one it would be Man United Barcelona Real Madrid Yeah. Um, I don't see him going anywhere else in England he's not going to do Sol Campbell and go at Arsenal is he Alan? <laughs> please please he's going so well I think he's an ideal Real Madrid player Bill, yeah. I could see him there. Yeah. I think he's a, the perfect fit for that for that club, the I, kind of player. Yeah, I think the Man United thing might be a bit different now. I think if Alex Ferguson was there and and they came calling, it might be different now. David, if Man United come under David Moyes and ask for Bill, he might not. He might have a different opinion. You know, people a lot of people went there just to play for Alex Ferguson, so it might be different. So. I think, as Alan says, is there's every chance he'll have one more year than if Tottenham do get in the Champions League in the coming years. He, he might stay there. He seems the sort of lad when you see him, he seems happy. You mm-hmm. know, you can't always tell with footballers, but he, you do get that impression from him. He, he's happy playing his football at Spurs. Mm-hmm. Alan, before we let you go, can I get a prediction from you, please, for the game? Um, sorry, gentlemen, I think Spurs are going to win 3-1. OK. You, you think we'll get a goal? OK, right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else has. Yeah. We've only kept one, one kept sheet, clean sheet since, um, I don't know when, February or something. Well, those records are normally broken by Sunderland. OK, thanks, <laughs> for, your ta- thanks for your time. Thanks for your time. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks Cheers a lot. Bye Cheers. now. Well... Alan wasn't giving us much chance there, was he, to be fair. You can't you can't really blame him, can you? But it's the thing about Tottenham is as well, you know, if you concentrate 
everything on Gareth Bale, they're going to hurt your areas, aren't they? They're not the. Yeah. A lot of people are saying they're a one-man team, and he does make a huge difference to them. Let's be fair, mm. but there's, there's a lot of quality players around, isn't there? Absolutely. I think he's mentioned people like Sandro and and Kabua missing. I think Sandro is a fantastic player. Yeah, I think he's really, underrated. really good, and uh, I think that's a, he, that's a big miss. I really like the last boss, and I think he's he's done a really good job. I actually think Redknapp. I think I think Redknapp got lucky with Bale as well because he wasn't playing him and they he had injuries. Yeah. He was trying point. to get rid of him yeah. and then he got him in and it's he always a terrific lad now and he <laughs> best player you know best player in the well one of the best players in the world and I think he I think he you know he, he fluked it basically I think he would have played. Didn't he want to loan to Forest? I think that I think was, was the case in yeah. the Championship. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to see the Canio do, Martin, considering it's his last? Game of the season. Is there anything you know that, that that you would like to be tried? Maybe that you've seen just from when you've watched them, you know, somebody playing a certain position or anything like that. I think he's limited what he can really do Sunday. Um, you'd like to see a couple of the younger lads put in, but from seeing the twenty ones, they're on the bench. I'm, I'm not sure they're ready for a for a starting place anywhere. So um, as I say, just go out and have a go. Um, I think he'd play four four. Two possibly put Connor Wickham up with Danny Graham, mm. you know. Uh, but he, he's he's sort of limited. I got. I mean, the four four two. Like we're saying, like we've always been. When Sessegnon's not playing, and that link is in there, you kind of have no option but to play somebody like Wickham because you, the alternative is to get the ball up faster, isn't it? To get the ball up the field yeah. faster. If you haven't got somebody who can link, for you know, you go from mm. from back to front kind of thing, on the floor, you need somebody to link. So, Connor Wickham certainly changed the game graph, didn't he, on Sunday? Well, he looked busy. No, I would say change yeah, well, but he made a positive yeah, impact. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think Wigan will play. I think he might drop Graham. Um, I think he looks tired. Do you think he was talking about Graham when he was talking about Southampton, Rodriguez, when he came out and he said, look at Rodriguez, for example, who plays at Southampton, and he started praising his work rate, saying here's a player who can do this, well, do that. Was that indirect at Graham? The frustrating thing about Graham on, on, at the weekend was the fact that he just didn't come back he did he wasn't coming back on side every time he, mm. he was getting left behind and then when the ball came back he was three yards behind the last yeah. defender and he can't you know he, he, it happened repeatedly and I think that's something that Takani won't be happy about and maybe you're right there I wouldn't be surprised if Vaughan come in um, it might be, he might switch uh, Larson to the right Johnson on the left or vice versa Vaughan come in in the middle for McLean and uh, wick him in for uh, Wick him in for um, yeah, for Graham, and you go four five one. I wouldn't be surprised if we'd, you did see players. You might you might give Mangan a go. Maybe maybe less likely than because he's probably not. Well, he won't be here next season, will he? Mm. Um, but, I thought no. so. But I mean, Quaylor's been pretty poor in the last month. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think uh, that's something you might look to give players like Vaughan a go because he's been on the periphery, and you might say, well. Stick him in, see yeah. what he does. What do you think about David Warner as a player, Martin? He, he seems to be one of these, I think we call him a performance chameleon before. Mm. Someone play well, he plays really well. Yeah. You know, everything almost seems to go through him. When you're looking, when you're struggling, you're looking for somebody to stand up and dictate play. He goes hide, he goes missing. Yeah, he's got qualities, and you see it when when Sunderland play well. If we've had a good game this season, he's in the team. He's mm-hmm. normally been at the hub of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's at times you say that's where he comes back. Here. Is he just an average Premier League player? Some weeks he'll be he'll be he'll be above average, and then other weeks, unfortunately, he'll be below average. And that's where you've got to get better players in the team. Um, but I think David Vaughan is another one. He's uh, he's more than capable of coming in the team and doing well. 
mm-hmm. but you just want at times more from him, more consistently. Mm-hmm. I do seem to concede quite quickly when he comes on the pitch. <laughs> I noticed that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, recently it's happened. It's Aston about Villa two, and Aston Villa and Sunday, wasn't it? Salem. Remember that yeah. brilliant one-two he played with Fellaini as well in the quarter-final yeah. last year. Great finish as well. <laughs> Got himself in the box. He's got no Wigan this year as well, didn't he? Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> That was the instigator, though. So he is important. Yeah. We got scored three goals after that. So, yeah. Right. Well, we're going to have to wrap things up, Gareth. Do you want to do your little plugging thing? Um. All right then. What was what is <laughs> it all again? The you did not. You did it. You did it. You did it at the be. You you did it at the beginning, didn't you? I did do the Twitter thing though. Okay, so um, the Twitter is at Wise Men Say nineteen seventy three. Because uh, we're still not over that cup final yet. Cup, fi- cup final. Can't win. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what somebody <laughs> said. Not over. We're a disgrace having 1973 in our Twitter name or something, wasn't it, or something like I that? Was, I think he was a mug. Yeah, really. I can't remember now. <laughs> I wasn't really paying yeah, attention. I think he definitely was. Um, yeah. Um, I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah. At Salu Sunderland. Uh, at Rogue Report. At Goldie's Logic. Well, Goldie's underscore Logic. Sorry. And at Gareth Barger TDE. Martin's not on Twitter, are you? Oh, you haven't joined the world of Twitter. I don't trust myself when I've had no. a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Get myself in do trouble. with James McLean. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's as honest as, as things can yeah, be. Yeah, you've got no, no teammates to fall out with anymore now, so, yeah. But, yeah, what about that Bardsley on the casino floor thing, by the way? I had, I'd seen a bit of that, yeah. Just, sometimes it makes you wonder. Not, not uh, a clever no. thing. And also, his celebration really irritated us at the weekend, so... He was what we pointed his back. Oh, that whole thing, thing like giving it, the, ears, it, giving it the big ones. Like, well, well, defend for the goal, the equaliser instead of mm-hmm. you know. Even Larson was having a goal at him in the end. I think telling him to get back, mm-hmm. but he, he actually quite irritated us because he's been rubbish for the majority of the season. He's unfortunately, quite next season, quite like some of the summers. Yeah. This summer, is it? Sure it is, isn't yeah. it? I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, if you, you prove yourself on the pitch and he hasn't done enough this season, doing one good thing in a season isn't enough. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think you should understand that so as a professional footballer. Two full-backs in the summer, then. Bit silly, really, on his behalf. And then to do get cover himself in £50. Two notes, full-backs in the summer. Off. Two centre-failers, two centre-halves, centre-four. Well, we need, <laughs> well, we we think about it. We've so got next week. There's, nine, there's yeah. at least nine or ten players. We've got and, next week. We've got next week to yeah, talk about yeah. this. But before we go, we're going to get a prediction from everybody. Gareth? I'm going to say a score draw. Really? Yeah. Martin? Three. One. I'm sticking with one. Yeah. I was I I cannot say the one thing we struggle with our season's pace yeah. and they've got pace in abundance. I was thinking three nil, I can't say anything. I was getting anything at all. It's alright to Kanye saying I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, but half the players will be thinking there might not be in his plans anywhere and they'll be calling his bluff a little bit perhaps. Because you know, come the summer they might want to get back anyway. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's gonna be three nil. But thanks to everybody for listening. We are gonna be back next week with uh, where we're going to dissect the season and I'm hoping for the guests well I already have confirmed but I'll, I'll let you know in due course over time so just it always build. collapses if <laughs> you predict it well it? Uh, yeah, yeah exactly it should but be a good one though it should be it should be a very good one next week I've had some great guests on this since we started this thing so I'm very grateful for that Martin has been the latest so I'd like to thank you both for coming on and we will see you next week over and out 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 